It's Wednesday. Welcome back to another edition of WeatherWise, the podcast from the meteorologist here at 47 ABC WMDT in Salisbury, Maryland. We're a TV station that covers the Delmarva Peninsula and the Mid-Atlantic region of the United States. Hello to everybody who might be listening from outside of the U.S. We like to cover, of course, weather here locally. We talk about some national weather, of course, and how it impacts us here locally. But also we like to dive into what's going on across the world during major world weather events, too. So there's a lot going on here. Um, and I'm sure when we talk about certain weather instances here, you could probably equate it to something that's happened to you locally, wherever you're at, since um, the type of weather we hear, experience here in Delmarva can be across the board. And uh, as we get started here this week, we do have a lot to get to as usual. And uh, I want to welcome back meteorologist Ulysses Garcia. He was out for a couple weeks, but uh, for good reason, enjoying your birthday, taking a trip to Michigan. You want to tell us about that? All right. Thanks, Richard. Yes. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a while. So, yeah, so I'm glad to be back here doing weather-wise. Um, yeah, like Rich mentioned, you know, it was my birthday back on the 27th, on August 27th, and I spent my time in Michigan. So I was uh, up in Alpena, Michigan, back where I first started my career. You know, that's where my, my girlfriend's from. So we were just there and just having a good time. And the weather over there, I just I just loved it. You know, I was fishing up there. I caught my, my first fish. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the weather, I was really so happy about the weather. Like, the fact that, like, I think the warmest day was, like, 85, 86. That's, like, as high as it got. But most of the days were in the 70s, and I was just like, you know, I was loving it. The, um, uh, you know, the humidity was pretty comfortable. I mean, obviously, being in Michigan, like, even the most humid day there, I was like, yo, like, that's not. I, I don't feel anything, you know. <laughs> and didn't so, that hook you up with some pretty cool nights, though, right? No, yeah, the cool nights, yeah. I got, like, the night of my birthday, actually, was the coldest night I was there. It was, uh, it dropped down to 48. Uh, wow. So it got down to 48. It's actually. Yeah, and the day after we left, I found out it got down to 42 degrees. So the day after we, once wow. I came back to Salisbury. So uh, uh, I know here on Del Marva, when it comes to some of that weather, like that was all associated with a cold front that you guys got here in Salisbury on Tuesday. I was getting it up there on the 28th and the 29th on that Sunday and Monday up there. But those type of fronts made its way t- towards Del Marva, and it actually did lower the humidity here. Um, once I came back from my trip. So the fact that like I was I was there I was there where it first began and then you know to actually follow it here on the way back from my flight that was pretty cool. But uh Hey you timed it right. You know, you got here after we got a break from the the sweltering humidity and you know another round of heat you you left at a good time and uh that jacket wearing weather that you experience there at night, we usually don't get it here this early in the season. Obviously this cold fronts by the time they make it here they've lost a little bit of steam, right? But yeah. you mentioned that the dew points um, followed you back or the drier air and that worked out well for us here for Labor Day weekend because the lower dew, dew points we've talked about this on TV a lot uh, the lower dew points really the measure of how much moisture is in the air that allows us to get the comfortable nights because your temperature can't go below the dew point so when our dew points were running in the 70s you know we were locked in those hot nights or warm nights but what you were talking about with our dew points dropping into the 50s, that allowed a lot of locations to be in the 60s at night, even a few upper 50s. I know were on the map there as we worked our way into the holiday weekend. And that made for a great Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Our weather, fantastic, nice evenings, comfortably cool nights, seasonably warm days that worked out for the beach, hitting the lake, doing some fishing, uh, all the things that go on here in Del Mar that everybody loves to do, uh, a little more comfortable to do that. A type of outdoor scenario for the weekend and it worked out great for that the only issue is the drought right yeah the drought yeah. um so, so yeah the drought i know we've been we've been talking a lot about this over you know since july i think since the delaware state fair that's really when we started 
Um, you're really seeing the concern over first over Sussex County, and now it kind of just has uh, manifested and grown over the last six weeks or so. Now we are dealing with actual drought conditions, moderate drought, um, pretty much from the beaches of Delaware all the way through Accomack County, including as far west as Crisfield. And then we're dealing with abnormally dry conditions from Georgetown to Salisbury, extending to Cambridge. And uh, I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that the rain that we got more in like May and June was more associated with frontal systems. And as we made our way into July and into August, these the rain and the thunderstorms we're getting were more becoming more associated from sea breezes. And the problem with sea breezes is that you don't know where these things are going to hit and they're just so hit and miss that the fact that they've been kind of isolated uh, a few spots have gotten a good rain but then most have not and that's kind of has triggered the drought and the fact that we haven't really even gotten like the tropics has been so quiet that's also been somewhat of a factor as well so we really haven't really have had like tropical moisture in the sense when it comes to bringing us rain yes we've gotten the humidity out of it but not enough to uh, bring us to rain in July and August. That's a really good point. And you brought up an excellent point there that the rains we got in the spring, early summer, frontal systems that created widespread scattered to, uh, to maybe solid lines of thunderstorms that would come across the peninsula. And every part of, Del of Delmarva would receive rain in those indications. And mentioning the sea breezes, I've, just looking at the radar the past several events, those sea breezes would kick in. And basically that's just the cooler water, relatively cooler waters. Um, you know, during the day after the land heats up, the, the breeze kicks in from those cooler waters. The air over top of the water is being cool and actually works as a cold front moving east to west, essentially, across the peninsula. It touches off thunderstorms, but in a way that they're so isolated. And I remember looking at the radar, seeing those sea breezes come in, and, you know, a massive downpour would be sitting over parts of Sussex County, Delaware, where just a few miles off to the south into Maryland, there was nothing. No, and we no. saw that happen over and over. And you get into those type of periods of isolated to widely scattered downpours that don't have much movement. Like you said, Ulysses, they're very random. It doesn't work out well for a widespread, uh, the, the widespread water table, if you will. So it's one reason we've edged into this drought situation. And, you know, here in Delmarva, it's bad. But New Jersey, just across the water there, yeah. Cape May, take that Lewis Ferry to Cape May. Yeah. Um, you know, they're in severe drought. And if you go up into the Northeast, they have areas of uh, exceptional, extreme to exceptional drought uh, into the New England area. So this is uh, more of an East Coast issue than just here in Delmarva. And uh, for us, we're actually not as bad as some of those locations. So we're hoping that we're working into more of a drought busting situation, right, Ulysses? And one thing we're talking about, and those of you listening here Wednesday, you know, we would already be through this uh, rain event as we're recording this here earlier in the week, but you're looking at... Uh, that rain, thankfully, that we're seeing coming through here for Tuesday, right? No, yeah, absolutely. Um, and just, you know, to mention one last little thing from the drought monitor. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, they, you know, on their website, you know, the information, because I know we, we talked about this off air, how they also like to put, you know, a, a S or an L, so short-term, long-term. And it looks like for Del Mar, at least they have a short-term um, drought. So hopefully that is, you know, hopefully that verifies that this is going to be a, a short thing. You know, we'll break out of it some way if it's tropical disturbance or not. But... Going back to the, the storm more for Tuesday, yes. Um, so we've been forecasting, you know, um, I know Rich has been forecasting even back on Friday how we were just dealing with, we've been tracking this cold front. It's been a really, really, really slow cold front. And we noticed every single day throughout the weekend, little by little, just inching closer and closer to us. But, you know, all the rain is still well off towards the west. And it really wasn't until Monday night into Tuesday where we really are seeing this rain here on Delmarva. And it's really going to, 
uh, models are really indicating the fact that we've got at least a good inch out of it. And that's really going to be good news uh, for the peninsula. And some areas can make a good run for two to three inches. So it just depends on how those rain bands set up. So we're really hoping that this rain does build up. You know, this is a good uh, widespread event for the whole area to at least, uh, you know, try to bounce back from the recently dry um, August that we had. Um, across the area, but definitely one of the more interesting systems and just how slow moving this uh, frontal system has been that we've been tracking it for like four or five days and it just like it almost feels like it only moves like a snail's pace. And you know that could be good news for us here locally because the it's one thing for a front to move in slowly and then what the, what we call in the weather uh, community wash out. Uh, it, basically the front stops being a front because the air mass that's coming in essentially becomes the same type of air mass that's already in place. Uh, this is a little different. The cold front still has an edge to it, meaning the air mass behind it is significantly cooler and drier compared to the air mass in front of it, which is what we're in. And that's that first focal point that you need to really create uplift, rain, et cetera. And the slow moving the nature of the front allows also that tropical moisture yeah. to continue to stream in from the south in a consistent basis. And that sets us up for more of a widespread rain compared to the isolated downpours that we've been dealing with. The only problem with that is too much rain in a short period of time, obviously flash flooding. flash flooding. The problem is compounded by the fact that we have a dry ground and that leads to the chance for flash flooding or at least adds to that chance because it's the same thing if you take a dry sponge and you turn on the water right away. The water hits the sponge but literally goes off the top of it and around it before the sponge actually starts to take the water in because it's so dry. So that's the effect that you get. If you get a lot of rain in a short period of time on a dry ground, you are more susceptible to flooding and that's uh, one thing that we're concerned about or will be continue to be concerned about until we kind of move out of this drought uh, scenario but in all things said uh, you know the weather scenario is never usually perfect for getting what you want you know so I think we're going to take this rain if we can get it yeah. it'll be nice to see what happens but you know we look this time of the year as you mentioned Ulysses towards the tropics we, Sloan and I have been talking about this the past couple weeks that um you know, the tropics of the time of the year where we really see a lot of rain in this part of the country, um, the, the, where we get a significant, I should say, amount of our expected rain. And right now, nothing tropical is headed in our direction, but we do have a ton of activity after having a quiet summer. You wanna give us an update? No, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we tied for second longest uh, stretch, you know, nameless, nameless stretch of storms. I think it was 60, 61 days where we went without a, uh, a named storm. And then really, literally, as the calendar flipped over from August into September, enters Danielle. And uh, we have Danielle that's pretty much just making its way to the North Atlantic. I mean, the fact that this thing became a hurricane, um, you know, this far north just influenced, you know, just tells you how, um, how warm the Gulf Stream is. The fact that, the, you know, the Gulf Stream is still prevailing influence even at 40 degrees north uh, latitude. So, um, but yeah, this thing, you know, the good news, with, good news with Danielle, it's already weakening and it's going to become extra tropical as we make our way um, into Thursday and Friday. And it looks like uh, it should be to the west of the British Isles. Um, Earl, on the other hand, um, also going to be a fish storm. However, though, Bermuda really is the, the area that's most concerned right now because they are kind of uh, in that cone of uncertainty still. And the fact that Earl is expected to become a hurricane and even could become our first major hurricane of the year. But really, once it passes through Bermuda, it's going to be over, over open waters um, altogether uh, with no actual land threat after um, Bermuda. We'll just see. Hopefully, the storm can steer away 
from Bermuda just because of how small it is and how much impact it can be. But definitely um, the tropics are heating up. Also keep in mind that the Saturday, which is the 10th, that would also be the peak of hurricane season. So that is the climatological uh, peak of hurricane season. But that doesn't mean, you know, still means that the rest of September and even going into October, we'll still have some um, active time. So, you know, we're still going to be checking the tropics even um, throughout September and October for other activity, even though we're going to start making now our our gradual descent um, in the hurricane season. Yeah, so a lot of time still left. We get to the peak. Obviously, you say there's a descent after that, so there's still a lot more time yeah. um, to see tropical development, <clears throat> excuse me, toward uh, before the end of the season does officially occur. And, you know, <clears throat> those abnormally warm waters you talked about in the, um, you know, the Atlantic, you would imagine, right, that that would just give us probably the chance, when I say us, just uh, the eastern seaboard and the islands, a chance to still see problems, um, and also the Gulf of Mexico too, still see problems from tropical storms well toward the end of the season, right? And also important to note that it's not just about how strong a hurricane is. We get these tropical systems that come in. If they were to stall making landfall, they could just be a depression or a tropical storm. And that's where we worry about some of the, the mammoth rainfalls that you can get from that. Yeah. So there's so many other factors to tropical development that I think get lost sometimes when we look at these uh, systems. You know, we, we track them for how big the winds are going to be or how strong the winds are going to be, obviously, from a destruction standpoint and, uh, you know, the storm surge standpoint. But a lot of the times, they, these late-season systems, they may not even reach hurricane status, but as long as they're tropical depressions or storms and they're just strong enough to generate thunderstorms within them and constant torrential rain, that becomes a threat in itself to anything that's landfalling. So we certainly have to look out for that as we go through the month of September and really through the month of October as well, right? No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, we've had prime examples where, you know, the strength of a hurricane, uh, you know, doesn't matter really, uh, you know, you know, we've based on history, you know, we've had like Allison who, you know, was a, a famous tropical storm that just poured over Texas 20 years ago. And, you know, we even had here storms on Del Marva like Isaias, who was a, you know, very strong tropical storm and brought a good amount of tornadoes here just two years ago. So the fact that, like Rich said that, you know, sometimes the, you know, yeah, we focus a lot on the, the strength and the numbers there, but, you know, it's also other components we need to talk about, like, you know, the severe weather component or the rain component or even the uh, storm surge component, you know, and also the fact that of how, you know, slow or fast the storm is moving, you know. Right. It's, these are all really good points, and it, it kind of makes it fascinating with forecasting this because there's just so much to look at and to be watchful for and wary of when these things develop. And um, it makes um, for an interesting setup here now that we're going into the peak season here. We're approaching peak season or the peak of the season and how we're going to continue likely, at least the way it looks right now, into a very active back half of this um, tropical season here in the Atlantic. So we got a lot to look at and a lot to keep an eye on as we go forward. But, uh, you know, I think that... Um, you know, we'll wait and see, obviously, and how these storms develop. But um, I would imagine that our fortunes certainly to change here in Delmarva, going from a dry spell to more of a consistent wet period here going forward. So, um, you know, we got a lot to get to, right? No, so. yeah, absolutely. We got a lot to get through. And uh, I also want to, you know, point out even in like the Eastern Pacific, it's actually been kind of, kind of interesting. You know, lately, I feel like uh, like. Uh, there's a storm, you know, out in the Pacific called K, and it's kind of interesting how, like, this storm is actually um, just hovering the coast of Baja, California. So the fact that this storm is um, it's actually going to be pretty close to just off the coast of the actual, you know, California in the U.S., um, 
you know, the good news is I expected to make that bend towards the west away from San Diego, but the fact that this is going to be pretty close to San Diego, it's going to bring a pretty good swells. And I know that part of California, we originally don't talk a lot about tropical cyclones, but it's pretty interesting that, you know, that, uh, there might be some impacts even over parts of uh, Southern California, you know. Well, it's, it's amazing because the waters off of California are, are cold current. Yeah. So they're very cold compared to out here. That's why if you look at people jumping into the ocean out in the West Coast, yeah. they're usually doing it with wetsuits on. Yeah, wetsuits. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great for surfing and stuff like that, but it's not the type of uh, environment that you uh, go wade out in the water. And with that said, that's why you don't see these storms really... Um, ever develop or maintain strength when they're off the water. So as Ulysses said, just incredibly rare uh, to see a storm get that close. And I think I was reading too some of the discussions that some of that moisture may find its way into San Diego. And those areas down there are not used to seeing a lot of rain. And they, they do need the rain. And they do need the rain. And they need it. But it's going to be just like we talked about. Sometimes you need it, but it doesn't come the way you want it. It's going to come a lot in a short period of time. So watching there on the west coast and east coast for tropical um, influences. So we've got a lot going on. Of course, uh, we've got seven days in between this podcast and the next one. And I'm sure we'll have uh, some very interesting details to hash out after we get some more um, information coming in on how uh, these tropical systems are progressing and just overall how the systems across the United States are progressing because they in turn also uh, work in tandem and can influence where tropical systems go. So there's a lot to get to, and we always say that, and we'll have more on that next week. That's going to do it for us here for another edition of WeatherWise from the meteorologists here at 47 ABC WMDT. Until next Wednesday, we'll see you then.